This is News Talk on the VOCM Bigland FM radio network. The views and opinions on this program are not necessarily those of this station. And now your News Talk host, Linda Swain. And no, uh, this is uh, Brian Callahan in for Linda, who has been one busy bee today. And we'll, you'll find out why in just a moment when I... Strike up a conversation about Linda, of course, about the story, of course, um, international story that we continue to follow today. Uh, today being a big day, of course, it's been four days now since, or almost more than four days now since Sunday when the submersible Titan went missing. We'll cut right to that that story today because we have um, updates coming at us fast and furiously. We have international media calling us as opposed to the other way around on this story, because we are the center and the base for, um, for all of the uh, search and rescue efforts that had been ongoing. Um, whether or not that changes to another type of um, effort today beyond search and rescue will remain to be seen. We don't have anything official yet other than, as we've been hearing and about an hour and a half ago, breaking news that uh, searchers had found a debris field. Now, some people would say there's a lot of debris down by the Titanic, but um, we're led to believe that this is, uh, of course, given all the mapping of the Titanic and the seafloor over the years, they know what's not new and what's new. And uh, we are being led to believe that they have found debris that may indeed be related to the missing submersible. But uh, rather than me pontificate on those issues, I'm going to uh, bring in Linda Swain, who's been all over this story from the start. And uh, Linda, um, unfortunately, it does not look like the best of news. Indeed, and I think a lot of us who understand uh, the ocean and understand, uh, you know, we don't have to be technological geniuses to know that, um, you know, if a submersible is going down and you lose contact with it, um, the realm of scenarios, none of them look very good. And, uh, of course, among those scenarios uh, that have been, you know, speculated about since Sunday morning, is the fact that something sudden and catastrophic may have occurred on Sunday morning when they lost those pings, uh, the Polar Prince, which is the support vessel for the Titan, the submersible that we've all been talking about over the last few days, when it lost the contact with that submersible. Now, uh, we knew uh, through conversations that we've here had with Stockton Rush himself Mm -hmm. that there were a number of contingencies on board of that uh, submersible that would get it to the surface. He said like seven different ways that it could in an emergency. Indeed, uh, including uh, a number of scenarios where it would rise to the surface even if everybody on board was incapacitated. And that, of course, is assuming it was intact. Intact. And they had an issue Indeed. and they had to get to the top. That, that assumes they had time to act. So uh, this morning, the Horizon Arctic, which is a sister ship of the Polar Prince, which had been working in tandem with Ocean Gate on this particular expedition, arrived at the scene this morning around 5 o'clock in the morning. It left here, St. John's Harbor, last night. It, so this will give you an idea just how, the distance that we're talking about here. And we're the closest to this site. Uh, it left here last night. It arrived on the scene around 5 o'clock this morning and immediately uh, dropped this ROV uh, down over the side. It made it to the ocean floor. Coast Guard tweeted that out this morning. It said the ROV is on the ocean ground, uh, bottom yep. uh, in the area of the Titanic. And then silence. And I mean silence. And uh, you and I have been in this business long enough 
to know that when the world is watching this story and looking for updates and you're not getting any, something is happening. And within a couple of hours of all that silence. Within a few hours, we uh, we anticipated that the U.S. Coast Guard, and it's difficult covering these things sure. because we have a foreign uh, agency now that's taken this over. So we don't have those established contacts and all of that stuff. And we're in competition with the entire planet right now. And they do things differently. We don't deal with the U.S. Coast Guard every day. No, tonight. we don't. But we're, we got on their uh, email list mm-hmm. and we were following their Twitter and all of that. So, you know, we, we've got our ways of, of getting the information. Information, even if we don't have that direct pick up the phone, hey, what's going on? Uh, so um, we we heard that there, there was, you know, we knew that there was this silence. Then we started to get rumblings because everybody in Newfoundland knows somebody works in the offshore. And the offshore is a very connected, interconnected type of group of people. And we started to get rumblings that something might have been might be happening yeah uh so we all hope for the best but when we saw those words debris field has been located i think you and i mm. know uh our stomachs you know yeah. you, you you can feel that one and we're the first to say don't assume we don't know what happened we still don't know what happened we still debris don't field know or no debris field. uh sky news in the uk mm-hmm. which has been following this story very closely and providing an awful lot of information uh has a source that is indicating that uh the debris found is actually the the landing frame and rear cover of the titan so par- um, actual parts of the submersible of this submersible so that is uh unconfirmed from, sky, no. from our end but uh, that is what Sky News has been uh, reporting this afternoon and um, a little bit more of a reputable news organization than you know, we're not familiar with Sky but in England it's it's reputable well connected obviously uh, you know many many sources and they've uh, among others have been among the the, the leads in 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 mm-hmm. telling this story and and getting it out there and they do have uh, people who are close to the families who are involved in this so uh, the update the official update is coming in about 15 15 minutes time. We're going to carry that live here from Boston. Uh, the U.S. Coast Guard is going to be providing. And it is uh, um, also notable that Rear Admiral Meager is going to be leading this particular news mm-hmm. conference. So uh, we haven't heard from him recently. We heard from him at the start of all of this. Uh, in the meantime, we've been hearing from Captain Frederick uh, with these updates. But the fact that uh, Rear Admiral Meager is involved in this particular one also may speak to some of the gravitas surrounding this particular thing. Um, we're, what, four or five days into this uh, scene, scenario search um, and I think all scenarios now are not looking good none of the potential scenarios are good if uh, for instance um, the Titan had made it to the surface as it was designed to do uh, it has not been found yet and they those people on board would still be in the same kind of facing the same kind of circumstances that they would be had they been under the And you talk about the conglomeration of things here. We know how cold it could be. There's no heater. They're not dressed in winter clothes. It's been four days. By all um, uh, indications, they didn't plan to be going very long. You know, I mean, we knew, we know how long it takes. Eight, ten hour up and down. It's an up and down without any issues. Yeah, a couple hours at the site, take a few pictures. And we can't even assume, I mean, they talk a lot about the 96 hours of oxygen. We Mm. can't even assume 
No one has confirmed that that's what they had. That's no. what it's capable. That and and of that's holding. what Ocean Gate said. That's the the ninety six hours is what um, people have been glomming onto yeah. because that's what is on the Ocean Gate website. Now, when Stockton Rush was here, he told me four days. It's a yeah. equivalent, uh, but and he said about four. He yeah. said about four days. Yeah. So um, again, none of that is specific, and it doesn't mm-hmm. take into account how many people specifically are on board and what their oxygen needs might yeah. be. Um, yeah, so every scenario is different. But um, I have a feeling that we're going to get a very, a much more definitive. And probably grim. Uh, yeah, a much more definitive um, view of what has happened uh, to yeah. those people. Uh, you know, you can often think uh, good news would be something that would be shouted really quickly. Yeah. Uh, if they had some good news, and and you know, we don't want you don't want to go too the morbid, but I mean, uh, it's hard not to think of. If they have been conscious these four days using every bit of oxygen, Un- how terrifying that could have been as the time ran out. And there are those, you know, thinking about, well, if something happened catastrophic right off the bat, you know, yeah. you hate to go there. But I mean, that would probably be a better scenario in the long run than four days of losing hope and all of the things that would happen, not just mentally, and but yeah. physically and how that would impact if this is a if it is the the the, the outcome we didn't want, um, you know there are those who would say let's hope it happened earlier than not later. Well, indeed, nobody wants to know about anybody no. in a situation uh, where they are uh, their suffering is prolonged in any any way, short, shape, or form. Yeah. So it's it, it's all very very difficult to contemplate and very difficult to discuss. Uh, but uh, Newfoundlanders and Labradorians are realists um, on many levels. And, um, you know, we, it remains to be seen what the, this news is going to be in another few minutes' time. But uh, I think it's fair to say that we'll, we'll have a much more definitive idea of where this search goes. Um, some people have already remarked on uh, the fact that some of the resources that were uh, sent to the site are starting to return. Um, we've seen uh, some of these U.S. military aircraft that have been coming mm-hmm. into St. John's Airport over the last few days. They're starting to return. Now, are they t- returning? returning to fuel up uh, or are they returning and people will uh, you know um, put meaning on a lot of things I think the the you know the bottom line the discovery of the debris field now certainly you know I mean they're not saying they don't have it they wouldn't say if they thought they had it conglomeration of issues when you talk about the Sky News report. Again, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Another 15 minutes, we'll have the official briefing. You and I know uh, agencies uh, don't put out statements willy-nilly. They don't use words. They use their words wisely. Especially officials like this, the Coast Guard, have been very careful not to say something that'll lead people down another road. They use their words wisely, and Mm. when they say a debris field... That's a specific yeah. set of words that they're using. And it does seem like as soon as they could finally get something down on that floor, it didn't take long. It I mean, did not take long. And we expected that might be the case. Yeah. Um, well, given that it was an hour and 45 minutes that it had been descending, we know that on average it takes about two hours to get there. So we knew it was either there or close to, close it, to it when something happened. Yeah. Whether that was the people had speculated on getting entangled. But then that would not or necess- losing power or anything or, along those lines. Uh, but again, yeah. we have to come back to the fact that this had a, a, a range of um, contingencies to get back to the surface. Mm-hmm. And as far as we know, that hasn't happened. Yeah, none of those had a chance to kick in by the looks of it. Well, um, Linda, I know this is your show. Uh, <laughs> 
I don't know why I'm here. Why uh, am I here? Exactly? You're here uh, because I'll be hosting Open Line again tomorrow morning, and our uh, good and the, boss took pity on me. And the capacity of uh, uh, and also the fact that I'm kind of, kind of keeping on top of this story, which I yeah. will be doing now. We're going to carry, uh, just for the purpose of our listeners, uh, we're going to carry that briefing live. We're not going to go with the whole thing, but we will go with the, the initial sure. statement, and uh, I'm going to be following that as well in the newsroom to turn that into news so that we can see it online and on VOCM at uh, at our during our 5 o'clock news as well to update all of that. So uh, do stay tuned throughout the course of the afternoon and into the evening. We'll have all the very latest on that. Um, and uh, My computer's working again. Woo-hoo! Well, yeah, there's a, there's a small <laughs> Been winging it a bit here. Celebration on yeah. your half, uh, behalf there. So, uh, yeah. yeah, we'll be uh, watching these things very, very closely. Uh, stay tuned and um, uh, we welcome people's calls as well. Absolutely. There's, you know, I mean... The whole world is watching. The speculation thing is one thing, but I mean, people have opinions on this and feel strongly about what's transpired here and the whole issue of expeditions to the Titanic and opinions on whether or not it should just be left alone as a sacred site, on and on and on. Uh, Certainly, we'll take those calls. It's the same numbers as open line, 273-5211-709, 1-866-BOCM... Open line, yeah. And um, so we're going to take a short break, Claudette. Um, when we come back, there is other news happening in our province today, particularly, of course, it's the first uh, day of summer for a lot of kids. Yay, and so we, let's, got, let's talk, we got some warm temperatures. Let's talk happy kids, warm temperatures. Let's uh, do that. Early days of summer. Uh, when we come back, we'll, uh, we'll hear from um, RNC uh, spokesperson James Cadigan on just some reminders, not to talk down to people, but some reminders for, uh, for keeping safe this summer. Last thing we want to do is have sad stories upon return to school. And we'll keep you up to date on that situation on Waterford Bridge Road. Right, down on Waterford Bridge Road, just in case. Let me mention that again really quickly. From Road Deluxe to Water Street, we're told the city says there's been a, um, an accident there where there's a pole down, possibly power lines. I'm not there right now. We are checking on it, getting the most specific details. Uh, hopefully have a little bit more during the show. Right now we're going to take a break on News Talk. I'm Brian Callahan in for Linda Swain this afternoon. Be right back. Weekdays on VOCM. It's Open Line with your host, Patty Daly. Join the conversation each morning from 9 a.m. to noon on your VOCM. We get people talking. And it's Brian Callahan back here on News Talk uh, today for Thursday afternoon. And the first real warm breeze is in my face today. I could not wait. Um, I am just going to actually, Claudette, let's, uh, we did get a call about the Waterford Bridge Road situation. A motorist says she was able to drive through that area. Now, we have nothing other than the official word from the city that there is an issue there with poles and power lines. And even the suggestion that the road might be um, blocked at, to some extent until midnight tonight. So anyway, we're checking. We're going to get uh, most official. The calls, of course, are great from any motorists in the area that can drive right through it. But uh, as well, you know, if you uh, have anything else to share traffic-wise or even opinion on, of course, the news today that they have found debris, a debris field near the Titanic, which is believed not to be Titanic debris, and uh, possibly, potentially, debris from that missing submersible, the Titan. And again, uh, once again, in about 10 minutes from now, uh, we expect a live briefing from Boston, Massachusetts with the U.S. Coast Guard, and they will give us the very official latest on the situation ongoing. Um, But beyond that, as I just mentioned before the break, this is the uh, first 
sort of official, day, well, not sort of, first official day of summer for a lot of students. And, uh, of course, you know, it's, um, you should never take safety for granted. It's always nice to remind ourselves just so it's top of mind, whether it's driving through school zones today when kids really got a lot of other stuff on their minds or just generally throughout the summer, you know. Um, it's a great time to lay back and enjoy the, the warm summer breezes and that sort of thing. But um, our own Richard Duggan had a chat with James Cadigan with the RNC today just to keep top of mind and remind us how now important. You, you can expect to see the bikes out and, and kids heading head to the parks and, and the camps. So it's important to be vigilant and, and be aware of your surroundings when you're traveling uh, on our roads throughout the summer. And, and it starts now. And, uh, you know, certainly as the weather improves, you're inclined to feel like these conditions are are good for higher speeds. But let's ensure that we're not, uh, you know, going over the speed limits and, and be vigilant to our surroundings. You know, certainly uh, we would ask parents, speak to your kids, ensure that they understand the risks of, uh, you know, traveling, whether it's walking or, or biking around roadways and to follow signage such as crosswalks and, and uh, you know, be aware of their surroundings as well. Uh, it's important for motorists to consider that uh, when you're around areas such as parks or areas where camps are ongoing, that you, uh, you know, pay attention to signage such as crosswalks, ensure that you're slowing down as you approach. And if there are uh, children or, or anybody involved in uh, these camp uh, activities to ensure that you're giving them the right of way at those locations. Now, you mentioned the role that parents play here. How should parents broach these conversations with their kids to make sure that they are prepared? I think it's important to be very straightforward and blunt and just say, you know what, uh, if you are not careful around our roadways, you, there could be some serious consequences and, and their safety could be at risk. So it's important to be clear that, uh, you know, safe practices and using crosswalks and being vigilant around our streets is, is imperative. And likewise for our motorists, you know, you don't want to have that moment of, of distraction or an aggressive behavior uh, have a negative impact that could potentially change your life, but uh, certainly also the life of a family uh, with a young one who's in a camp or, or out in our community. And we're talking a lot about motorists here, but I guess the RNC would want to get the message too about, you know, now that kids will be going out to the parks with their friends and whatnot, uh, messages about uh, what to do in terms of strangers and that sort of thing. Yeah, I know. and certainly it's important to uh, report any and all suspicious activity to the RNC so that we can respond appropriately and ensure that, uh, you know, if, if there's concerns felt and, and they're reported, that we can come and ensure that uh, that's investigated and, and we can take appropriate action to ensure that our, our children are in safe uh, environments and that, uh, you know, there's a clear communication between the RNC and, uh, and our community on that front. Will the RNC have increased patrols out around the summer? Oh, certainly. I mean, we're very in tune with uh, the activities in our community throughout the summer times. Uh, the schools are no longer quite as busy, so now we're going to be paying close attention to areas where we know our children will uh, frequent and, and be, you know, traveling around, uh, whether it's on their bikes or, or walking with uh, their friends and whatnot to get to, uh, you know, particular locations. You know, we're going we're gonna to be in tune and communicating with them and uh, working together with uh, municipalities to ensure that we can 
you know, promote a safe uh, and happy environment for our children. I remember last summer uh, the RNC made a, a bit of a crackdown in terms of uh, pets and, and making sure that pets are properly secured in, in vehicles during the summer. Uh, what, what would your message be on that and will the RNC be doing uh, something similar again this year? Yeah, I mean, education is key on when it comes to uh, pets traveling in vehicles. And, and uh, you know, if you're going to be traveling with your pet, you know, ensure that they're in a location in your vehicle where they're secured, whether it's in a kennel or in an enclosed space in the rear of your vehicle. Uh, it's important that we don't travel with our pets as an obstruction. And further to that, uh, you know, we'd, we'd recommend that if you're going to be going to a location where you'll leave your car unattended and your pet inside, you know, just leave your pet home and uh, don't put them in a situation that they may be uh, uncomfortable or their health be put at risk due to, uh, you know, uh, overheating inside a vehicle. I know that it's only now that we're getting the heat that we're talking about, but uh, it can be a risk to their health for sure. It certainly can, but uh, of course I'll take it. Um, And uh, as long as we look after our kids and our pets in the heat, we're all good. So uh, we're going to go early now, a minute early to the thanks. Uh, that's James Cadogan, of course, RNC spokesperson, speaking with Richard Duggan, VOCM. We're going to go right to news now, and then when we come back uh, out of the news, we should be going live to news conference in Boston, Massachusetts, on the missing submersible Titan. We'll be right back. Well, good afternoon. I'm Richard Duggan, and now we are just waiting for that news conference on the uh, missing submersible to begin, and it has begun, and we are going to go to that now to one per outlet. Following the briefing, the Joint Information Center staff and I will be here to help you with any of your further needs. May I now please introduce Rear Admiral John Mauger. This morning, an ROV or remote operated vehicle from the vessel Horizon Arctic discovered the tail cone of the Titan submersible approximately 1,600 feet from the bow of the Titanic on the seafloor. The ROV subsequently found additional debris. In consultation with experts from within the Unified Command, The debris is consistent with the catastrophic loss of the pressure chamber. Upon this determination, we immediately notified the families. On behalf of the United States Coast Guard and the entire Unified Command, I offer my deepest condolences to the families. I can only imagine what this has been like for them. And I hope that this discovery provides some solace during this difficult time. Additionally, we've been in close contact with the British and French Consuls General to ensure that they are fully apprised and that their concerns are being addressed. The outpouring of support in this highly complex search operation has been robust and immensely appreciated. We are grateful for the rapid mobilization of experts on the undersea search and rescue, and we thank all of the agencies and personnel 
for their role in the response. We're also incredibly grateful for the full spectrum of international assistance that's been provided. The ROVs will remain on scene and continue to gather information. Again, our most heartfelt condolences go out to the loved ones of the crew. We'll now take questions. John, what other debris have you found? John, what other debris have you found? Can you talk about the delay in uh, before the vessel missing and what impact that had on the recovery? This was a uh, incredibly uh, complex uh, case. Uh, and we're still working to develop the details uh, for the timeline involved uh, with uh, this casualty and uh, the response. And so we'll provide that information. James Matthews from Sky News. John, what other debris have you found? And have you found any trace of those who went off? Yeah, there's some uh, so this is an incredibly complex uh, operating environment on the seafloor over two miles uh, beneath the surface. And so uh, the, the remote operating vehicle has been searching and it is highly capable. Uh, and we've been able to classify uh, parts of the uh, pressure chamber uh, for uh, the Titan submersible. Let me refer to uh, one of my uh, undersea experts here, uh, Mr. Uh, Paul Hankin, to talk about uh, the nature of some of the debris. Uh, thank you, Admiral. So, so essentially we found uh, five different major pieces of, of debris that uh, told us that it was the uh, remains of the Titan. The initial thing we found was the nose cone, which was outside of the pressure hull. Um, we then found a large debris field. Within that large debris field, uh, we found the, the front end bell of the pressure hull. Um, that was the first indication that um, there was a catastrophic event. Um, shortly thereafter, we found the a second smaller debris field. Within that debris field, uh, we found the the other end of the pressure hull, the, the aft end bell, um, which was basically the comprised of the totality of that pressure vessel. Um, we continue to map the debris field, and as the Admiral said, we will uh, do the best we can to fully map out what's down there. It's a very difficult question to ask, but it will be an important one for the families, of course. But what are the prospects of recovering the, the bodies of the so, so the questions was uh, related, I'm restating the question from the standpoint of uh, sometimes it's hard to hear the question here. Uh, what are the prospects for re uh, recovering uh, crew members? And so uh, this is a incredibly unforgiving uh, environment down there uh, on the seafloor. Uh, and uh, the debris is consistent with a catastrophic uh, implosion of uh, the vessel. And so uh, we'll continue to uh, work and continue to uh, search uh, the area uh, down there. But uh, I, I don't have an answer for uh, prospects at this time. Admiral, Admiral Tom Costello at NBC News, is there any suggestion? 
sorry. Admiral. Any suggestion at all that the that the sub itself collided with the wreckage of Titanic, or that inst instead it might have imploded above the wreckage and then rained down nearby? So uh, the question was, is there any question as to whether or not the sub collided with the Titanic or whether it uh, imploded uh, above and, and debris uh, field created from that? Uh, so the, uh, the, the location of the Titan submersible was in an area that was approximately 1,600 feet uh, from uh, the uh, wreck of the Titanic. Uh, I have uh, an expert here that can that is familiar with that area and can talk about uh, the debris field and and what uh, the debris field indicates in terms of uh, the where the casualty may have occurred. Rear Admiral, really quickly, can you tell me when that Wait, massive fleet will voice, be called please. back? Hang on a second. The expert okay. voice is coming up to answer the question. Uh, uh, thank you, Admiral. Uh, so the question is, where does the wreck lie in uh, relation to the Titanic? Uh, I didn't hear the Admiral's uh, answer. I think 1,600 feet. Is that correct, Admiral? Yep. You got uh, so that's, uh, that's off the bow of Titanic. It's in an area where there is not any debris of Titanic. It is a smooth bottom. Uh, there, to my knowledge and anything I've seen, there's no Titanic wreckage in that area. And again, 200 plus meters from the bow uh, and consistent with the location of last communication uh, for an implosion in the water column. And the size of the debris field is uh, consistent with that implosion in the water column. Well, we're, 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 we're ask a question. In terms of the timing here, uh, you say that this was a catastrophic implosion. And I know it's early on, but is it your estimation that this happened right at the moment when they lost contact an hour and 45 minutes after their descent? Uh, so the question was about the timing of the catastrophic implosion. Uh, right now, it is uh, too early to tell uh, with that. Uh, we know that uh, as we've been prosecuting uh, this search uh, over the course of the last uh, 72 hours uh, and, and beyond, uh, that we've had sonar buoys in the water uh, nearly continuously and have not uh, detected any uh, catastrophic events uh, when those sonar buoys have been in the water so can you describe what happens from here sir uh, in the next days and weeks we were the question was uh, what happens from here uh, what what's the next our uh, thoughts are uh, with the families uh, and making sure that uh, um, they have uh, um, an understanding as best as we can provide uh, of, of uh, what happened and, and uh, begin to uh, find uh, some closure. Uh, in terms of the large process, we're going to continue to uh, investigate the uh, site of uh, the debris field. Uh, and then I know that there's also a lot of questions about uh, how, why, and when uh, did this happen. Um, and so, uh, you know, those are questions that uh, we will uh, collect as much information as we can on uh, now uh, while uh, the governments are, are meeting and, and discussing, uh, you know, uh, what uh, uh, an investigation of this uh, nature of uh, a casualty might look like. This is something that happened, I'll just, just remind everybody, this is something that happened in a remote portion of the, of the ocean. Uh, with uh, uh, people uh, from, you know, 
uh, several different countries around the world. Uh, and so it is a uh, complex uh, case to work through. But I, I, I'm confident that uh, uh, those questions will uh, begin to get answered. So from the UK. Is there any suggestion that time factors, speed, anything could have prevented this or saved five people on board, or is this quite simply a catastrophic uh, the uh, the question was uh, was there any suggestion that uh, time factors uh, may have uh, played a a, um, a a role or or a consideration in uh, the the casualty here, and so the debris field is consistent with a catastrophic uh, uh, implosion of the vessel. Uh, again, while uh, we were prosecuting the search, we had uh, listening devices uh, in the water throughout and did not hear uh, any uh, signs of catastrophic uh, failure uh, from those. And so we're going to continue to uh, investigate uh, or we're going to continue to uh, document the information there and, and understand uh, based on all the information we have, the, the timeline. Okay. Okay. So the question was, what uh, what are the resources required for the investigation, and which ships will be pulling out and uh, staying in? And so uh, it, it's too early uh, for me to talk about an investigation. That's a decision that's going to be taken outside of uh, the search and and uh, uh, efforts that uh, I was leading, uh, and. But we do have a number of vessels. We have uh, nine vessels on the scene right now. Uh, we had uh, medical uh, personnel on scene. We had other technicians uh, on scene. And so we will begin uh, to demobilize uh, personnel and, and vessels uh, from the scene uh, over the course of the next uh, uh, 24 hours. Uh, but we're going to continue uh, remote operations on the seafloor. Uh, and, and I don't have a timeline for for when uh, we would uh, intend to stop remote operations on the seafloor at this point. Admiral, as a result of this, Admiral, as a result of this, do you think there should be changes in the way these are safety rated or inspected so that this won't happen again? Yeah, the, the question was essentially about uh, do you think that there should be changes in safety ratings or inspection uh, for these standards? Uh, I know that there's a lot of questions about why, how, when uh, this happened, and, and uh, the members of the Unified Command, you know, uh, have those questions too, as as professionals and experts that work uh, in this environment. And this is an an incredibly uh, difficult and dangerous environment uh, to work in out there. But those those questions uh, about uh, the uh, regulations that apply and and uh, the standards. Uh, that's going to be, I'm sure, a uh, focus of future uh, review. Uh, right now, uh, we're focused on uh, documenting uh, the the scene and, and continuing the, the okay. subfloor operation. We don't know the timing here. We, we don't know the timing here, but there was the banging noises yesterday that redirected the ROVs to this area. Is there anything conclusive in those noises and did that redirection and then finding this debris field today all help? 
So uh, throughout uh, the search efforts, we uh, reacted to uh, the information uh, that we had available to us. Uh, and while we continue to uh, send it off for de uh, deeper analysis, again, really complex uh, operating environment for us to work in. Uh, let me uh, check uh, with the experts, but there doesn't appear to be any uh, connection between uh, the noises and uh uh, the location uh, on the seafloor. Again, uh, this uh, was a uh, catastrophic uh, implosion of the vessel, which would have generated uh, a significant broadband sound uh, down there that uh, the sonar buoys would have picked up. This will be the last question. Can I just ask you about the comment regarding the family? The drop to the, into the ocean today, it arrived early, early this morning. It seems it swiftly was able to find it. And also, were all of the assets involved moved as swiftly as possible to the area? Was any help turned away, as some lawmakers have criticized the government? This was a uh, incredibly uh, complex operation, uh, and uh, we were able to uh, mobilize an immense amount of gear uh, to the site in uh, just a, a really a remarkable amount of time, uh, given the fact that we started without any sort of uh, vessel response plan for this or any sort of pre-stage resources. And so the equipment uh, that was brought on site this morning uh, that we were using uh, was a, a pelagic ROV uh, capable of operating at 6,000 meters, uh, cameras, sonar, uh, other uh, articulating arms and, and uh, resources on it. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, we had to transport it here through C-17 uh, aircraft. This is two aircraft that it took to get this up here. And so uh, we've really had the, the right uh, gear on site and worked uh, as, uh, as, as uh, swiftly as possible to bring all of the capabilities that we had to bear uh, to uh, this search and rescue effort. Uh, and it was just a huge uh, international and interagency uh, effort to make this happen. Uh, so I'm, I'm really grateful for all of uh, the responders uh, that came out to support this uh, and, and really, uh, you know, search uh, for, uh, for the vessel. It is a difficult day uh, for all of us. Um, and, and it's especially difficult uh, for the families and our thoughts are with the families uh, today. Um, but uh, this was an immense uh, support, and we had the right gear on the bottom uh, to, to find it. So thank you. Will you attempt to recover the bodies, can we ask you, the victims? Will they be recovered? Thank you so much, everyone, for attending this afternoon. There are no future. And there you have it, uh, the U.S. Coast Guard confirming that the occupants of the Titan, a submersible operated by Ocean Gate Expeditions, uh, have passed away in what they're calling a catastrophic loss of the pressure chamber. Uh, we're going to go to a break now. When they come back, I'll have your weather forecast. Every Saturday is perfect for a night at the cabin. The Cabin Party with Brian O'Connell. Saturday night starting at 7 p.m. on VOCM. And we're back on News Talk. Just a few minutes left uh, for the show. This is Brian Callahan in for Linda Swain, even though Linda Swain's been with me the, <laughs> the whole, whole show. <laughs> well, so I'm not in that. London or Boston. Or <laughs> no, you're not in London, are you? 
Um, I guess, you know, uh, sorry, uh, lightheartedness all aside, this is not, uh, certainly, Linda, not the outcome we hoped, although I, I, for the most part, I think people, it might have been what we expected. Realistically, uh, I think uh, despite all, you know, hope for the, the absolute best possible outcome, I think um, a lot of people understand, you know, just how, well, as uh, Rear Admiral John Meager said, how unforgiving an environment, the deep ocean is. Not that we need to be told, but... Not that we need to be told. Uh, the pressures there alone, I mean, everything uh, at those depths are meant to kill you. We're, we weren't, we didn't evolve in the deep ocean. Um, we may have come from the ocean at some point, but we didn't evolve in the deep ocean. So this is a foreign environment to us. And as he indicated to, you know, very delicate questions that needed to be asked, and there's no need to sugarcoat it. Mm. Uh, but the very delicate questions that needed to be asked like can um, the families expect to see have their loved ones return to them and uh, that possibility by all accounts not no and when you um, look at what it can do at those depths the pressure what can, what it can do to steel let alone any other kind of material, uh, including a human body. So we, you know, it's um, it's tough to talk about. And, and then particularly, you know, it, it, I reflect on the fact that you had a, an interview with Stockton Rush, who Stockton we know Rush. now has passed away, yeah. died in this horrible tragedy. Uh, and uh, absolutely charming, fascinating individual. Mm. Uh, just, uh, you know, I, I could have sat and talked to him all day. Uh, and you and I talked to a lot of people, and there's certain interviews that you remember mm -hmm. over a career, and I've had a long one. And his is one of the interviews that I will always remember, and more so now, mm -hmm. but I'll always remember it anyway because he was so interesting and so uh, personable and so charming, and uh, you, you instantly liked him. And you get a little cynical in this business sometimes. You know, you see a lot of people with a lot of uh, agendas, so to speak. But and Great he, he ideas was, and that yeah, sort of thing. He was so... Um, fascinating that uh, you know I, like I said I, you, you could have had your hand on your mm. your face on your hand just listening and not really get bored with what any and never get he was bored saying. and and yeah. he was so compelling in the way he told stories and was so passionate about you know his vision of you know uh, the Titan and uh, Titanic exploration and deep water exploration and taking things to the next level he, he really felt, felt that this was uh, the next great uh, expanse and I have to go. Well, these adventure, um, adventurists, you know, and they have yeah. great vision, but there will be. Linda's got to go. You have an interview with um, London, London Times. With the London Times. So you're, you're making your own news. Um, we'll let Linda go. We've got a few minutes left in the show. But of course, um, you know, the big question, as Linda was just saying, Stockton Rush, the uh, founder of um, of Oceangate and, this, uh, and the Titan, which sadly has been lost. Um, they're calling it a catastrophic implosion that happened at some point during the descent. Now, the question's been asked, uh, if you were listening in there, some of the audio was a little bit difficult, but questions were asked such as, at what point do they think the implosion actually occurred? Now, we do know that about an hour and 45 minutes into the descent to the Titanic on Sunday morning, um, it takes about two hours to get there, so they would have been close at that point, and then they did lose communica communication, but that was not to be expected, really, as we've been told, because communications at that level, at that depth, um, are in and out, and uh, it was said before that there are expected uh, blackouts, if you will, where 
there might be an interruption in text and communication. Um, we know that happened, but there was no way of knowing that this, um, uh, as they're calling it, the words are a catastrophic implosion of the actual sub. And they found parts of it, uh, the front, the aft, they say, and um, and uh, and the, for lack of a better word, the cap on the front of it, uh, about 1,600 uh, feet from the bow of the Titanic. And they also noted that there was no other debris in that area other than debris from this sub. So over the years, the Titanic field has been mapped, and uh, they, do, they are aware of, of, uh, of debris from the Titanic that's been noted over the years. This, again, they specifically noted was, um, was on a... a, a otherwise uh, calm and untouched seabed at the bottom of the Atlantic uh, where the parts from the sub were found. And again, the question was also asked about possible recovery of bodies. Uh, they didn't go into any amount of detail on that. And again, uh, that will be remain to be seen, as well as questions, again, about this, um, about this underwater vehicle, this submersible, and then whether or not um, it was as safe as it should have been, whether or not the regulations uh, were to um, were, whether it was two regulations, whether or not I mean there are a lot of issues with it. People have talked about the gaming console and that sort of thing. There will be a lot of questions over the uh, days to come. We still don't know exactly what happened or what caused it, and we may never. Other than the fact that um, we do know that something horrible happened, and if there's any consolation, if it happened instantaneously, that might be some consolation for some people, including the families rather than thinking of three to four days of uh, running out of oxygen. But we just don't know yet. Those are the possibilities. We do know that the, um, the company Ocean Gate has confirmed and said that uh, they're grieving the loss of all five people on board this sub. Anyway, the news, of course, over the uh, very sad news today, another um, event in the storied history of the Titanic and its, uh, its location off our shores. And uh, questions, again, will be asked in the coming days about exploration and whether or not, you know, a sacred site like that should even be disturbed in any way, even just a view. Uh, we have the pictures of the Titanic. We know what it looks like now um, as it ages and decays. So maybe that's enough. We'll find out in days to come how people feel about that. Open line tomorrow morning. Linda Swain back in for Patty tomorrow. And I'll be back here tomorrow on News Talk hosting for Linda. So she a bit of load off after, uh, after a big heavy open line show, which it can be. And I'm sure it will be tomorrow morning. So stay with us for that. I'm Brian Callahan. This has been News Talk. We're off to the news. Have a great afternoon.